This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to Monday's Blood Red podcast where there is only one item on the agenda of course. Liverpool yesterday defeated Everton 1-0 to progress to the fourth round of the FA Cup. Their goal scorer was not even born the last time the Blues won at Anfield and half that starting eleven would probably have tested positive for Cal Ball if they'd done tests after the match. Such was the youthful nature of Jurgen Klopp's side. Um, I'm Sean Bradbury, your host for today and to discuss that derby, that historic derby with me we have Ian Doyle. Doyle, how are you getting on? I'm really happy with that preparation that you put into that. that it's, is, like, it's, it's, it's like David Brent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Brent doing the did jokes you, for his you, you kind of you watching Ricky Gervais the Golden Globe last night. It's where we get all my best material. Yeah. We also have Joe Rimmer. Speaking of David <laughs> Brent, <laughs> <laughs> that's better. You didn't have to read that. Oh, exactly. one, yeah. Off the cuff. Are you reading this? I'll put it down here. <laughs> uh, we also have Matt. Adams. Matt, Hello. Matt Adams, yes. again. Yeah, good. Just about born the last time Everton won at Anfield. So oh, not, should have used you instead of, as instead of Curtis. Yeah. Um, well, on to the big question, and this big question <laughs> was posed by Ian Doyle in his uh, post-match analysis, which I'm sure everyone has read. Doyle, you called this possibly the greatest ever derby win for Liverpool. Hmm. Um, explain your answer. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you read it, you'd know. But, but the answer for anybody who hasn't read it, and shame on you if you haven't, but... Uh, basically, it's obvious, isn't it? Everton were their, their first choice team with all the players that were available. A team, OK, they got beat by Man City, but they've been in decent form. New manager, they've got the new manager bounce and they're playing against the Liverpool team, which, OK, they've won God knows how many games in a row. Um, but it was a Liverpool team that we knew was going to be a completely scratched team, full of youngsters, which it was, full of fringe players, which it was. And there was obviously the suggestion that perhaps Jurgen Klopp wasn't really that bothered about the FA Cup. And, you know, he had 8,000 Everton fans there making a bit of a din, a bit of a racket. They all came thinking they knew what was going to happen in the sense of Everton's best chance in years and they didn't want to mess it up. And ultimately, that's what did happen. Um, I just think it's the way that Liverpool played as well. I mean, they rode the luck a little bit in the first half. Mm. You know, Everton made the most of the obvious defensive uncertainty that Liverpool had playing so many youngsters in there. You know, Nat Phillips, that was his first ever game for Liverpool. Nico Williams, it was second start. And then Yasser LaRouche had to come on after about... Six, about nine minutes, wasn't it, when uh, James Milner got injured? And that was his first senior game as well. And then, so you had the senior centre, but a senior defender in terms of experience was Joe Gomez, and he's only 22. So that says a lot. But they just played, you know, once they got over that first half, and even then, Liverpool played the better football in the first half, didn't they? Everton made the most of when Liverpool were messing about a little bit at the back and they made mistakes. Klopp said the same thing after the game. He said it wasn't as if they massively cut us open with a good play, it came from our own errors. Liverpool cut that out in the second half and you could tell the longer that second half was going on that Liverpool were going to win and they ended up getting the win with the Curtis Jones's goal, which was a great goal. Anybody who's seen him play for the under-23s or the under-18s, or in fact the under-19s will know mm-hmm. he's been capable of doing that for years. He, uh, he certainly uh, he's, he doesn't lack confidence, does Curtis. And, and so did the rest of the Liverpool team, the youngsters who came and all did superb. They played exactly the way they've been playing for the under-23s, the under-19s, under-18s. And, you know... In answer to the question, it's the greatest, probably because it was a Liverpool team that was put together, never ever played before, an Everton team were on the up, such a massive game, an FA Cup game, it wasn't like a league game where they could draw it, you know, if it was you lose, you were out, there was no second chances here, and it was played in front of about 50 odd thousand people, live on television, not not just to Sky, but also to BBC, <laughs> so everybody in the country could have watched it if they wanted, and they'd have seen a Liverpool team with these kids just schooled the the experienced players in Everton's team who, you know, I have to be honest, you know, a lot of you know I covered Everton for quite a long time, nearly 20 years, been watching Everton for 35 years, 
That's the worst, second half is the worst I can ever remember them play. And it wasn't just down to them, it was down to the fact that Liverpool's enthusiasm, talent, application, all of that just basically blew them away. And the crowd played their part as well. So altogether, you know, you could see Klopp at the end was saying, even if we'd have lost that game, he loved every single second of it. But they managed to win it and uh, that's probably why it's the best. Joe, I think Doyle makes a good case there. Um, (laughs) Follow that as your challenge. But was it really better than Origi in the 96th minute? Rush scoring, a ton of goals, Andy Cowell at Wembley. Does it beat all of these? That's different. Sorry to interrupt you there, Joe. I think that's different in the sense that they were great, derby. They were great derby moments. Would you say Liverpool's performance, I'll ask you, Joe, yesterday <laughs> was, better, yeah, was better than the one with the Origi goal? The 96? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I get where Doyle's coming from. I, I have to say, uh, you know, you know, I have always felt that the FA Cup is the greatest cup competition <laughs> in the history of football. It's magical. Um, I had a few more cliches, and it, it was. It just felt different, didn't it? It just felt like everyone was like, "Oh, don't do it, Klopp. Don't play all these youngsters and hand them the the, the chance to end this Anfield who do." And it wasn't just like Doyle was saying, and it is hard to follow because I think you've made some some fantastic points, but. It wasn't just that they rode rode the luck and got through. It was that they schooled them. They were they were the better side from. I know they gave up chances early doors, but they were the better side from the, the minute go uh, till the end. And and I mean, I wonder whether people will finally listen to Klopp when he says, "Look, I don't want to sign just anyone and everyone because we've got some really good youngsters." Because look, would you would you really want to sign another right back that, to stop Nico Williams progressing? Would you really want to sign another midfielder and not? not let Curtis Jones knock on the door. I mean, you know, they're two of the most exciting youngsters I think I've seen since I've been watching Liverpool. Mm. Curtis Jones especially just looks like he's got the lot. And to me, when he when he scored, when he scored, it felt like the, the Gerrard Sheffield Wednesday, you know, the Rooney versus Arsenal. It felt like his moment that says, I've, I've arrived. And then just the 10 minutes after that, when they were like playing balls up to him and his, his chest was puffed out and he was, he was running around that pitch like he belonged. And he, he does belong, and I think we'll be seeing a hell of a lot of Curtis Jones in the future, and probably a few more Derby winners. The way he plays, it, it was it was a fantastic win. I don't know whether it's the best. I think I think they're all good in their own ways. I know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a cop out answer, isn't it? But I mean, Andy Carroll, anyone that was there, it was it was brilliant. Rigi, um crazy. Um, some of the four nils, the five two, even this season, um, all great in their own right. But it just felt like. I it felt extra satisfying. It felt extra satisfying. And not just because I was getting free drinks. <laughs> he was going to mention that. Well, <laughs> got one. Got one free drink. <laughs> Moving quickly on from that. Uh, Matt Addison, I think Joe's kind of summed it up there. There's a hell of a lot of derby wins to pick from if you're trying to highlight the greatest one that Liverpool have ever had. But where does that stand for you? I think it, it's got to be up there because of the circumstance. I think going into the game, Everton were the favourites and it's not very often that that's the case at Anfield. Mm. I think when you look at the team that Liverpool put out, again, you know, on paper, didn't look particularly strong, but then they come in and they just look so cohesive and, you know, anybody who's watched the, the under-18s, the under-23s over the last few months, few years even, you, you sort of see that they play in the same way as the first team do. But yeah. to actually step up into a first team environment at Anfield in front of all those fans on TV, as Doyley said before, you know, it, it was just such a, an impressive performance. So from that perspective, yeah, um, it, it's got to be right up there. But at the same time, it's the third round of the FA Cup. Not the most prestigious it's going to gonna get for, for Merseyside derbies. But yeah, I mean, just 
on the balance of it, it was just... Just sign off the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was just so, so nice to watch and sort of be able to to see these young players who you know people will have heard of and, and seen. But as Joe said, it, it's sort of like a coming of age performance mm. for, for some of these lads. And imagine how Curtis Jones must be sat feeling right now, and he can go into Melwood and sort of. I know he's been training there for a long time, but he can sort of feel like he's one of those players now. Yeah. That was a, a big moment to, to define him as a, a senior Liverpool player rather than just someone who's training with the first team. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of it and go through the individual players, I want to wind the clock back to one minute past three yesterday. And I'm pleased with the lineup we've got here because we've got the FA Cup. Are you an FA Cup purist? Is that fair? Fair hmm. assessment of you, Doyle? We've got the yeah, FA Cup nothing pure about Doyle. Well, perhaps not, but is that due to the That's FA Cup? Nice <laughs> we have the sceptic. Really could you retract that statement immediately? I, re- I retract it. Mike praised you at the start. says you, you made some fantastic could, points. Could, could you quote. retract that statement as well? <laughs> <laughs> Carrot and stick from, from Joe today. Yeah. Uh, we have Joe, of course, as much as, you know, he was, he was swayed by the magic yesterday, I think, though. There was other reasons behind that. We have Matt, who I hope is the voice of reason here, but when, when you saw <laughs> that... suggesting that we're not the voice of reason. Perhaps, perhaps. When you saw that team News dropped oily. Um, what was your initial reaction? Honestly, yeah. My initial reaction was I thought it was stronger than I thought it was going to be. Well, to be honest, my initial reaction was I knew what the team was an hour before, so I wasn't that surprised. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I must admit, I thought personally I would have played a few more of the senior players, but the fact that Miller got injured after six, seven, eight, you know, went after nine minutes suggests that Klopp was right. The fact that Liverpool won suggests that Klopp was right. It'll suggest that I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. But I, I mean, if, if you get a bit deeper into the competition, there's every chance that if Liverpool play that team again away from home at, like, say, as I'm absolutely convinced they're going to draw Wolves or Man United away when they do the draw, you know, later today, that that team would not struggle, but we find it a lot harder than they did. But that, that's than they did against Everton. But that's just the way that it goes. I mean, you look at the team. You know, Nat Phillips. You know, clearly the only reason he got brought back was to play in that game and possibly the fourth round as well because he's going to go back to Stuttgart with Germany. Imagine, imagine being him. Mm. Imagine he's, he's played half a season in Germany. A lot of people have just forgotten about him. And let's be pr- brutally honest here, including us, completely forgot about him. Comes back and then he made a, you know one or two errors very early on, but by the end, you know Calvert Lewin and, uh, and Richarlison were just they were nothing. They didn't do anything in the second half, and that was down to him and also Joe Gomez. So. Yeah, I must admit, when the team came up, I thought, hmm. But then, you know, Klopp got it right again, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Klopp was right. Carragher was right. Joe was right. That, that, that's what we take from that, don't we? <laughs> well, this was going to be my yeah. question. You, you had Carragher on side with, with yeah, your, your do, take yeah. on it. Was, it. was it what you expected then? Uh, it was actually a little bit... Uh, I, I don't, I don't, the word weaker isn't, isn't particularly fair, but I, I didn't expect Pedro Chirivella to start, for example. Mm. I, I just didn't expect that at all. Um so it was a bit younger than I expected, but really, I, I, yeah, really? I think so. Yeah, so I, I, thought, I thought it was stronger than I expected. I thought that he might start. I, 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 Cherry Vella it was fantastic yesterday. Um, really, really good. I, I think hugely satisfying for him. And if he never plays another game for Liverpool, mm. he'll always have that. And, and um, yeah, bumped into him in town. Um, actually, one of our reporters bumped into his missus in town oh, quite yeah. literally um, the day before and, and if he never never plays again for Liverpool he'd be very very satisfied with that I think there's some quotes from him today that Gorsi spoke to him after the game and I think he was hugely satisfied so I've been waiting a long time for that but seeing his name on the team sheet I just didn't think I thought we would see a couple of senior pros and then maybe Jones in the midfield or something like that but I, I certainly didn't expect him Lallana and Jones to make up the midfield I thought that looked a very very inexperienced one but um 
It's brilliant. And we shouldn't just praise the, 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 the young players because I thought the senior pros in there, Lallana was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Really good. Led by example. Was a, was a proper captain when he took the armband off Milner and, you know, took the pressure off them when he when he needed to by keeping the ball and, you know, his turns were all coming off and he just, I, just, I thought, I honestly thought it was the, the most mature performance we've seen from Lallana since he's come to Liverpool. I thought he was great. Uh, Joe Gomez, I think it did him the world of good to play almost as an older player in that team. Mm. He looked like he, he sort of took the responsibility in the back line. I think, you know, that, that'll do him some good going, going on and, and Everton's players were quiet and Adrian I thought was excellent again um, great attitude great great fella to have around the squad they must be made up with him um, yeah Origi was always a threat wasn't he mm-hmm. forced Pickford into that great save so yeah I mean the team took me a little bit by surprise but the performance took me a lot more by surprise mm-hmm. absolutely well Matt we saw quite a few changes I think when the the, the 5-2 the league derby came round there last month and I think that took a few people by surprise but what was your take when you saw that team sheet yesterday? Uh, I think when I initially saw it I was I was really surprised I thought it'd go slightly stronger just because it's a bit of a risk when you when you put young players in in a game of that magnitude you know how will they cope and, and will they suffer if it, if it goes badly obviously we know now in hindsight that it went really well but yeah I, I was slightly surprised to begin with Um Pedro Chiravella, I think, was was unbelievably good, but you know, he, he I think he exa- exceeded even his own expectations in, in mm. that game. You know, I, I've seen him a number of times and thought, you know, he's a decent player, and, and you wondered sort of what level is he going to reach. But that was by far and away the best I've seen him play. Um, I thought he went up to a completely new level and sort of took on that responsibility. Obviously, he's what twenty two now, is he? And mm-hmm. he's sort of at that age where he needs to start doing that. And I thought that was great to see and. Nico Williams as well was another one that you thought, you know, how much has he been tested? You know, he's, he's obviously been in the side for the five-all draw with Arsenal and obviously did, did well well enough there to, to get an opportunity again. But yeah, just for all of them, really, all of those young players and for Lallana to step up as well, I thought initially you look at the team sheet and think maybe that's a bit weak, but then it just it didn't turn out like that at all. So mm. it, was, when, it was a bit of a gamble, but one that paid, paid off. So when you consider Chiravea, <clears throat> he played in the FA Cup for Liverpool four years ago against West Ham away where the, uh, they got knocked out 2-1 two, two one. One, was it where Coutinho yeah. did the free kick yeah. under the wall Yeah, yeah he was yeah. playing in that game I think he must have played in the, the earlier game as well because it was a replay and he played Exeter in, yeah. the, in the round before that so he, he did have a bit of experience and he's been out on loan the, the players that you mentioned the senior players what was interesting is that Adrian Gomez Lalana, Origi Straight down the middle. I know Rigi played off to the left, mm. but he, he spent a lot of his time in the middle. And even then, uh, Minamino, who knew played for Liverpool, but he's still got a lot of experience. Straight down the middle, they had at least one player who either had a youngster next to him or you know, or either around. Or you could provide that kind of spine through the team, which is something that you saw against Aston Villa in the League Cup game. They didn't really have that as such, and mm. that's where they kind of fell down. That's why the game against Arsenal and MK Dons, they could play in the League Cup, they could play a certain amount of youngsters because they had that many senior players in those strong positions. But against Villa, they didn't, and that's what happened. So I think you know Joe's right that the senior players do deserve credit. That's the second time I've said Joe's right. Wow, wow. what's yeah. going on here? I feel like Donny and I'd be moving in with each other. Festive season. I'm not going to say tell them, so you can come to St. Michael's in the Hamlet. No, it's St. Helens is the future. You know this. We'll see. We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. 
Um, well, we'll, 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 <laughs> uh, we'll stay with you, Doily. Um, Takumi Minamino, obviously, you've just given him a mention there, mm. but quite a welcome to uh, 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 Liverpool and indeed the derby. Uh, what, a, what a way to make your debut. Well, the first 20 minutes, it was like the old school derby, wasn't it? Without the tackling, it was just like going about 200 miles an hour. I mm. couldn't believe how fast it was. And he said after the game, speaking to, to some reporters, that he was surprised by how intense it was. You know, he knew it was going to be intense in the Premier League, but even in, sorry, in, in English football, but even it, that took him by surprise. But I thought he did okay. Bear in mind that it's his first game for the, for the club. He'd have only trained a couple of times with them as well. I think Klopp said afterwards, he just said to him, just be the player that you were at Salzburg, just crack on. And it was interesting. I actually thought he did tire in the second half a little bit, whereas Klopp's, yeah. Klopp said, no, no, it's just because we didn't know what to expect from him, so we decided to sub him. <laughs> so we brought on Oxlade Chamberlain, who, again, he's another senior player who did well mm. when he came on. Uh, thought he did all right. I mean, it was interesting that he played up front. That mm. was a bit of a surprise. You know, against Liverpool, he was obviously played mostly on the right, also popped up on the left. Well, Klopp did say, look, he can also play in a central position. I think most thought it would be in midfield or, you know, in the number 10 role mm. or, or that kind of version of that. So to see him doing the Firmino number nine, you know, in the old school, we'd say, I say old school, but it's old new school, false number nine, because nobody says that anymore. Mm. Um, to see him in that position was a surprise. Took a little bit to while to get going. He had the one chance, didn't he, with the header from Origi's yeah. cross. But, you know, he didn't, let's put it this way, he didn't look like somebody who was playing his first game. And I think that's the the, the, the you know the, that's the ultimate applaud that you can give to him. He just managed to fit in straight away. Mm. We've seen Klopp do that a few times. Joe Oxley Chamberlain, Genie Wine Adam have played you know kind of unorthodox players in that role up front. But do you think maybe it was just the kind of fitness thing? Stick him there for his first game, let him run around, lead the press, and you know just get him tuned up for games to come. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, I agree with Dolly. I think think he was he was bright, sharp. He looks like. He's going to be in tune with the way Liverpool play. He wants to get it on the edge of the box and, and move it on. Um, I thought it was well managed by Klopp. I thought, you know, it, it was a tough game for him to start in. And uh, it was a quick, quick start. But he got to grips with it quite well and battled hard. I think that was the, the, the most impressive aspect of it, is that he just went straight in and just got straight into the way Liverpool play, mm-hmm. which is to, to go and press and to win. You know, there was no there were no lost causes. You know, he won quite a few corners, throw-ins from just pressing people high up the pitch. Um, you know, a bit disappointed he, he didn't make contact with that header. Yeah. Um, I think it, maybe someone was in front of him, just took his took his concentration off it. But yeah, um, good management from Klopp. Thought I didn't expect him to start centrally, but it seemed to work. And you know, I think Regan and, and Elliot doing the sort of hard yards and coming and getting the ball gave him a bit more space to operate in. Mm. Yeah, I was pretty impressed by him. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to be like um, when he can link up with like Salah, Mane, and Firmino. Um, mm. I think that's. An exciting prospect. Absolutely. Matt, afterwards, Klopp was obviously asked about Minamino and said he's everything we wish for. It's the player we you know we knew was coming to Liverpool and he was impressed. How about yourself? You thought he was good? Yeah, massively so. I, I might be wrong, but I think just before he came to Liverpool, he had a bit of an injury and obviously it's the winter break over in Austria as well at the minute. So he's obviously not played competitively for a couple of weeks and to sort of last as long as he did and, and do as much running as he did, I thought that was obviously obviously promising. Um, technically, I was really impressed with him as well. I thought showed a few touches and he, he just I mean we said it before but he just seems like a player who will fit in with what Jurgen Klopp wants mm. to do he's not been signed for, for any other reason than he's just the, the perfect template really for, for somebody who can come in and fulfil a variety of roles whether that's through the middle I suspect he, he probably played him through the middle just because that's the easiest tactically to fit into this yeah. Klopp team you know, rather than sticking him in midfield say where you know the game's going on a bit more around you and that sort of thing I, 
maybe that was just the, the easiest option for him to slot in in his first game. I thought he did well. Of course, he's going to have to to do more and, and do more things during the game to get in the side ahead of Firmino or, or do anything like that. But as a starting point in a derby, in that sort of environment, I thought he did absolutely really, really well. Mm. Doyle, going back to your point about that that senior spine, I think that was that was an astute one. And, and it was interesting that you mentioned Adrian and that because he's obviously not been here that long, but the fairy tale continues. Another, another great game, some huge saves in that first half especially. Have Liverpool ever had as dependable a number two as him? Uh, well, I've, I think I've written this story before, basically. <laughs> definitely yeah, definitely <laughs> I've definitely have written this story before. Is that why you've set me up for this one? Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> uh, in terms, because he's, he's quite clearly a number two. He knows that. He knew when he signed. It's not like when you had like Carrius and Mignolet, they were both fine to be number one. Yeah. There was no clear number one there. Well, there was by the end. But uh, this is different. Yeah, he's. He, you'd argue that he's Liverpool's best ever number two goalkeeper ever. You know, if you look at some of the other ones that have been there in the past, he won them a trophy, Super Cup. He's played two derbies now and got two wins. I mean, you don't forget he didn't play. It, Alisson didn't play in the, the 5-2 because he'd been sent off against Brighton. When Alisson was injured earlier this season, he played for 11 games, didn't let anybody down. And the one game that they did lose at, at Napoli, he made an incredible save. Like probably Liverpool's best save of the season mm-hmm. from, uh, was it Mertens? Oh, Insigne, yeah. one of those. Yeah, saves. it was a yeah. hell of a save. So, it? in that sense, he hasn't let anybody down. I mean, is he the same goalkeeper as Alisson? No. But does he make good saves? Yeah. Is he good with the distribution? He's perfectly fine. Is he, and I think you just mentioned it then. He's a great character in the dressing room. and the, you know He's fitted in straight away. And I think that's another thing that when Liverpool, we've spoken so many times about the recruitment of players, they get players with the right character as well. You look at that dressing room and they all, you know, they, they obviously don't all massively, you know, they're not all massive mates because that would never happen. That's, for example, that we don't really like Joe. But you know, when it comes to when it comes to work, we have to tolerate him. We, we did that successfully. No safari park. Come on. No, well, oh, sorry, yeah. no safari. It's not park anymore. They dropped park a while ago. Yeah, did they? yeah. A little bit of info for you there. All right, character. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he's, but he's the kind of player who just comes straight into that dressing room, and. Bear in mind that, I know, we mentioned Alberto Moreno. He was seen as not, not the joker, <laughs> not the joker, but he was seen as a, a big character in the dressing room. Yeah. It's, and you know, we had done it on the podcast where we thought, well, oh, who's going to replace him? It looks like Adrian just come in straight away. And bear in mind that he wasn't a Liverpool player when the Community Shield took place. And then five days later, he was coming on against Norwich. So in some ways, a bit like Minamino, he was just thrown straight in there. Mm. And he's responded in the same way that Minamino has. And if, if Minamino responds the same way that Adrian has, then you know, the, the Liverpool have got themselves a great player for the not only the rest of the season, but you know, seasons to come. Mm-hmm. His inclusion in the team, Joe, I think that was one of the ones as well when, when the team sheet dropped. I was a bit like, well, do you have to rest Alisson? You know, he's, he's a goalie and I know your number two needs time, but I was maybe a little bit surprised. If you, if you do want to sneak another senior man in, surely you could have done it in the goalkeeping situation, but Klopp got a spot on again. He played really well. Yeah, but he's not like it's not like putting Keller in, is it? And, you know, he's, he's he's so experienced. He's he's been around the block a few times. I, I thought I just think his, his attitude. If you watch him during the game, the way he's talking, the way he, he was he was perfect behind that back four because he was on top of them the entire game, and he, he just seems such a positive attitude. Everything seems like you know everything's done with a smile. It, it seems to be the whole that the Liverpool way at the moment. Mm. It, the, there's no there's no anger, is there? Everyone's on side, and everyone you know. They seem to be a happy, happy camp, don't they? And it, and he just fits in perfectly. I, I have to say, I, I never thought he would be this good. Um, I thought that they would struggle to find a number two 
of the same caliber as Mignolet, albeit I know a lot of what a lot of people thought about Mignolet, but he was a good goalkeeper. He wasn't a great, great goalkeeper like Allison, but he was a good goalkeeper. But Adrian has been um, everything and more. You know, he he's not just got he's not just a good goalkeeper. He's got that attitude that that, that Liverpool need, and you know, he'll have earned whatever medals he picks up at the end of the season. He, he more more than earned. So I'm delighted for him. I think. Yeah, I don't think I had no issues with him playing. I always expected him to play. Always, never thought he would play Allison. I think it's wise to get those second choice goalkeepers playing a little bit of football because, as we saw at the start of the season, if if you need them to come in, um, you know he's played in so many different atmospheres. The Super Cup, the um, the Derby, a couple of times now, he'd be well prepared if there's a tense running and they need them for five games or so. No one, I don't think we'll be any any of us be complaining to see him in that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Moving a little bit further forward, then Matt to the to the back line in front of Adrian, Joe Gomez. He's he's come back into the the first team in the last few weeks, and Liverpool have kept clean sheet after clean sheet. But a different type of role yesterday, where he had to be the one who was truly leading that back line, getting the young lads through, especially after Milner went off. Um, how highly regarded a performance would you would you class that as? Uh, I think it was absolutely unbelievable, as you say, to to come into a side which had so many changes and to lead them and and just. I'm, I'm going to say it. He reminded me of Van Dijk yesterday. I thought, Fair. obviously, he's not the same level, but the way that he led that back line, commanded it, moved out with the ball, it just it smacked of Virgil Van Dijk for me. And I'm not saying he's the same level, but I think in future years potentially he could be. And I think just the way that he stood up, he showed his leadership. Again, he's he's only young himself, but to to sort of have learned so much from Van Dijk already. I think it's just it's setting him up perfectly for the rest of his career. It rubbed off, didn't it? You could see yeah. that he'd taken a few things into that game and thought, I'll I'll take that role on and, and help Phillips through it. Because Phillips had a, a shaky first, mm, first 10 20. to 15. You could, you could see he wasn't quite decisive in some of the headers he was going to. And, and I think that accumulated in Everton having a few decent chances. But, but when they settled down, and I think him settling down, Gomez was a massive part of that. And especially when Lovrucci came on, because his, you know, the, the senior man out of that back four disappeared, didn't he? And mm. and Gomez had more responsibility. Put him on again. He was he was brilliant. Yeah. Doyle, do you think uh, this is a more less a question about last night, more about the last few weeks? Has Gomez truly re-established himself as as the key partner for Van Dijk? I know it's a difficult one because Matip's absent. He can't really put up much of a fight uh, at the minute. But this reminds me now of of how we started last season when we were keeping all those clean sheets. They just click back into gear again at the back. Don't forget at the start of the season this season that <clears throat> Gomez was placed alongside Van Dijk because Klopp wants that to be the long term partnership and. Gomez wasn't particularly good. Matip came in and ended up being very good. And then when Gomez had played a couple of games, he wasn't great against MK Dons. There was the Salzburg game as well where he had a particularly tough time. So then when Matip got injured, Lovren came in and Lovren straight away hit the ground running. So mm. he did very well. And then, of course, then Lovren gets injured and then Gomez by default comes in. And I think in some ways that's helped him because he's known, right, nobody's going to take my place now. I just need to crack on with this. And with, obviously, Alisson being back in goal and being back on top form and... You know, one or two other changes in the team and slightly lesser opposition it has to be said uh, for a certain period in the league it's helped Liverpool build the confidence of those clean sheets because what was it 13 games without a clean sheet and so, it seems yeah. the record like the, the worst run in such running like 20 odd years has gone to what was it five clean sheets in a row in the Premier League one in the FA Cup they had one in the World Club 
Cup, World Cup final. So the only goal they've conceded in that time, because I'm not counting the Aston Villa game, yeah. uh, is the one against Monterey. It was, it was something. It. I think Andrew Beasley tweeted some like 967 mm. minutes. So it's a long yeah. time. If you disregard, disregard the Villa, Villa game, which we all do. No one counts the Carabao <laughs> Cup, do they? Yeah, it's especially all about the people ethical. who don't like the league. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, um, yeah, well, that's the back line done and dusted, I think. Moving on to the midfield then, Joe. Ghosty. It was a little throwaway line in his in his in his verdict, but um, expanded on, and you know, I think we eventually stuck it in the headline. It was Adam Lallana. became a big thing. But Adam Lallana, I, I don't think it can be kind of you know underplayed. He did superbly. He took that armband. He he led the midfield really, like, as much as like we said, Gomez led the back line. I thought he he was fantastic. Uh, Ghostly calling for contract extension. Would you go along with that? Yeah, I mean, not, and not just on the back of that. That performance, I think every time he's been called upon this season, Lallana has done very, very well, scored a very important goal at Old Trafford. Um, I think it's so easy to forget when these players are absent, isn't it, that, that they're actually very, very good players and mm. there's a reason why they play for Liverpool and there's a reason why Klopp rates them. And to see him come back in and play in the role that he did yesterday and play ever so well and, you know, don't forget, I don't care how bad they are, a very senior Everton team. Um, you know, if, if if that was the full first team and, and Alana was playing in that position, we'd still be praising him. But he deserves more praise because the players playing around him. I, I, I probably would. I, I think who do you who do you go out and buy? And I'm sure there are young players that that can sort of grow into it. But who do you go out and buy ready made that can go mm. in um, and play like like Alana can and has the same amount of experience? How much are you going to pay? You're going to pay thirty million pounds to find someone like that? And 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 to me. You know, especially if Liverpool do go and win the league, wouldn't it be good to keep some of this squad to, together and, and, and keep those tight-knit group together? I think it would. And, I, and Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt a year's, an extra year's extension. Mm. Um, I get the feeling from Lallana, though, that it, he strikes me as the type of guy that would probably want to go and play. Um, so, so I think it might come as much from him as it does come from Liverpool in terms of he might not want a new deal. But if you could time down for another year... You know, I think he's proven this season that he could be very, very useful, and you know, he's proven a lot of us wrong. And that's all this Liverpool squad do, don't they? Every every mm. single player that we ever question, they they rise above it and they prove us wrong. And um, it's kind of another reason why you love them because fair play to them. You know, there's no one that moans, there's no one that cries about not being in the team. They just come into the team and play well. Mm. I, th- I think this is last season. I think he goes in the summer. Yeah, I think he wants to go. And I think mm. Liverpool have to be careful that they don't just keep on offering all... Uh, OK, this isn't the picking on Lallana at all, by the way. But we've obviously... There's some reports today about Wijnaldum could be going mm. because he's not signed a new contract. He's in the last 18 months. Is that they can't just hold on to everybody. I think... I can't remember whether this is right or not, but at Dortmund, perhaps Klopp held on to some of his players a little bit too long mm. because he's yeah. got such a close affinity with them. And that's fine, that's human nature because, you know, your club, if anything, is a very human. I don't know how you can't be a human manager. I, I know what you mean. I think, you know, you know yeah, 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 yeah. From that kind of Things about the players' welfare. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. But they need to progress. And if you're keeping Alana for a year, you're keeping Milner for another two years, then that's also blocking Curtis Jones coming through and players like that. There is natural for want of a better phrase, wastage. Mm. And at 31 years of... 31, is he? Lallana's yeah. 31. I think he's still got another big move in him. He'll probably want to go and try abroad, wouldn't he? He'd be great in, like, La Liga, I reckon. 
I think he'd be brilliant to be made for that. He could play for probably not Barcelona or Real Madrid, but anyone just a little level below that, you wouldn't you want to go and play for Valencia for a couple of years, wouldn't it? Nice little city. Mm. Yeah, my best, so. my best friend Ian Doyle is just. Uh, you know what? Get rid of him. Get shot. Sell him in January. That's not what I'm saying. Not just picking on Lallana, but Liverpool. No, you're right. Just yeah, have absolutely. to be careful. That's why it was interesting that they didn't sign anybody of note. Okay, they signed Harvey Elliott, who played last night, in, and, and Adrian. Mm. But obviously, Adrian was a little bit of a last-minute emergency when Mignolet went. But they didn't make any big signings last summer. There was a reason for that. You felt you could get another year out of this group, which has obviously been proven correct, given the fact they've won nearly every game they played this season. But that won't go on forever. Mm. So they'll already be looking at what can they do the next move. And I think they'll believe that at least one, possibly two of the current midfielders won't be there in six months, 12 months, 18 months. So they will be looking at the next generation, whether that's a new signing or it's Curtis Jones coming through or, or, or people like that, Nico Williams. Mm. Now, Matt, we've mentioned him already, but another word on Pedro Chirivella, because uh, I think he deserves one. And, you know, next to Adam Lallana in that midfield, he was he was fantastic yesterday. And it's it's a bit of a strange one with him, because like we said, he's he's 22 and we've seen bits and pieces of him at Liverpool, not least a few years ago, like Doyle mentioned before. He's been away on loan. But what, what do you think the future holds for him now? Because there's clearly a talent there. I don't know whether he's quite got the the graft and the guile to be one of Liverpool's midfield three to break into a first-team level, but but he's a decent player. Yeah, he, he certainly is a decent player. I mean, there's been some talk today that he might get a new contract now and, and stay at Liverpool for a bit longer. How much truth there is in that, I'm not too sure. But, I mean, for me, if I was him, I'd probably be looking at a move to Spain or, or somewhere like that to go and play regularly. And I think, you know, as well as he did against Everton, I think that would probably suit his game more than mm. being in a clock midfield just because he's not quite as, as physical as some of those other players. And you look at the number of, of options that Klopp's got in his midfield, realistically, how many opportunities is he going to get? And as you say, at, at the age that he is and, and the length of time that he's been at Liverpool, maybe it's it's better for him to, to move on and, and go somewhere else. But fair play to him. He, he's done everything. You know, After, after yesterday, he's done everything he, he could to to stick around and, and make the best of his Liverpool career and if nothing else yesterday could be you know a, a big highlight for him to, to look back on at his time at Liverpool if he goes somewhere else and, and does well but yeah I mean it, it's a strange situation in, in the sense that you'd quite like him to stay but at the same time you sort of feel like his career probably is better served if he goes somewhere else. Mm. It was a good shop window for him, wasn't it? Mm. I think yeah. I thought that would be stuff saying, yeah. I think everyone's realistic enough to, to to know that's the case. I think, he, yeah, he's, he was interesting. I think he's one of these players who will always be better alongside better players because we've seen him play for the under-23s and sometimes you just watch him and you go, it's not happening, is it? It's not mm. happening, he's kind of gone backwards. But then the minute you, you get him in alongside better players, and we're not, you know, Lallana players like that, he just seems to prosper because the one thing against Everton, he was given an awful lot of space and he just passed them to death. Yeah, he was just yeah, passing yeah. them and passing them and that's one thing he's very good at, is passing it. And the work of Jones and Lallana <clears throat> gave him all that time to, and obviously the slowness of Schneidlin and Sigurdsson, <laughs> gave him all that... Uh, You're quite given to it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it gave him, the, uh, gave him the time to just crack on with what he's best at. Whether he'll get that in the Premier League, I don't know, but I agree, La Liga. He's Spanish anyway, isn't he? So yeah. he could go back there and with, with uh, Lallana at Valencia. I mean, he's, t- <laughs> he's turned down a move to, to Norway in the past and I think mm. he, he's probably 
a level above Fa- that. Famously but, did that on social media, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. I'm not going there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. Whether his long-term future is at Liverpool, I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Well, Joe, I think we've given pretty much everyone a mention, but just to round up all the ones, you know, we, we perhaps haven't gone into detail on, but Neko Williams. Who's sorry? Neko Williams. Neko Williams. No, Neko Williams either. Neko. No, not Neko Williams. Neko. Mr. Williams. Yasser Larucci, all the others, the youngsters who we saw, you know, either starting or coming off the bench. What does that say about the academy set up at the minute and, and the kind of spirit that's imbued right throughout the club? You know, they, they, they came in and they looked apart the in the first team. They've got the right manager, haven't they? The, the, the manager, a manager who clearly, if you're in the academy, you're looking through thinking that there are opportunities. If I play well enough, if I apply myself, if I buy into what they're doing, you get chances. And um, I think Nico Williams especially. I mean, Yasel Rusi put in a hell of a performance and certainly in the situation that he was thrown in. I mean, imagine how, imagine the nerves seeing Milner go down. He'd have been thinking, this is going to be me. Mm. You know, I've got to come straight on here. No warm-up, get on the pitch. And and um, he did, did very well. thought physically he was very good. And, and I mean, to be honest, I think I could have had a decent game against Walcott <laughs> yesterday. But I thought thought he equipped himself well. But but Nico Williams, just feel like he's got something about him. I feel mm. like he, on the, on the ball, he uses the ball really, really well. And he's not afraid to, to give to take the ball under pressure and to give the ball to players under pressure as well. He, he, he sort of trusts his passing and I, th- I thought he looked great. I think I think of all, obviously Jones looks one hell of a prospect and I, I, we all know everything about Harvey Elliott but I think um, Nico Williams looks a real, real prospect at right back and uh, <laughs> he's just a bit unlucky that he's got Trent yeah. uh, ahead of him who, who, who can be Liverpool's right back for as, for as long as he wants really if he wants wants to stay and, and be a right back rather than a midfielder so I, I thought Nico Williams was fantastic mm. and I think the academy set up I mean they probably don't get that much credit do they because they're not massive names Barry Lutus Alex Inglethorpe but they, they do they do really good work and they've got Liverpool's academy Neil Critchley as well Neil Critchley mm. as well yeah and they've got Liverpool's academy moving again because think about 20 years ago or less than that um Benitez, Julia, everyone was trying to revamp it. Mm, everyone yeah. was trying to give it an overhaul. Everyone was trying to bring in their own people who would who would get things moving and and bring through players. and And they've ever so quietly just done it, and it, it, it's great to see. I think was. Matt's seen as well as I've seen a lot of all of those youngsters at mm. under twenty three levels and under eighteen level actually. Mm. And they just played the way that they mm. would normally yeah. play. I mean, Larucci in particular, he came on first half and he was bombed down the wing. Sometimes caused that cut out position. Quite strong, fast. It's interesting in the second half because while Everton didn't create that many chances in the first half, the ones that they had were quite good ones. A lot of them came from Walcott, We I know he's being absolutely blasted for his second half performance, and particularly that yeah. cross that went out for the oh. throw in, which that? was just you know, there you, was could one? A, you could write a thesis on that, to be honest. It sums <laughs> up everything about Everton. Did you see the one that came down to him, and he, obviously he was on the touchline, and, and he, he was obviously trying to touch it back to the right back, and he just nudged it out of the the point with that clearly Klopp had said at half time or somebody mm. said at half time a little bit of a tactical switch mm. because in the second half Walcott didn't do anything and Larucci was just right on top of him mm. all the time and he probably didn't go forward as much mm. and it obviously shows the learning. I mean the other thing about Williams we talk about his crossing and all this you know his passing you mentioned it there's a few minutes a few bits in the second half where he was covering across yeah, the centre yeah. backs defensively Absolutely. and that's something that for a, was he 18, 19? He's 18, isn't he? 19, 19 sorry, yeah. 19 year old to be doing that and cover, that shows you that, you know, the kind of player that he is, he's able to read the game, he's got the energy to do it, which admittedly at 19, I think all of us had the energy to do that. For some of us, 19 was a very long time ago, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, that he's able to do that, have the wherewithal, and 
he just does seem to be that kind of player that whatever level he's played at, he just doesn't seem to change. He's just exactly the same player. Like Trent was the same, to mm. be honest. That's a sign of a good player, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. The, 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 yeah. The just, Harvey Elliott's the same. Yeah. Curtis Jones is the same. That goal he scored, he scored a similar one against Napoli in the Youth League this year. He scored loads like that for the under-18s and you know, quite a couple of the under-23s, I think. But that's just him doing what he's normally does, which is why they're able to just fit into the yeah. team so easily. Mm. It probably helps them as well that you know they're alongside these players that yeah. they've they've played with for so long and they know the movements, they know where they're going to be, and, and it just as you say, it was just like it's just like watching the academy, but at Anfield. Mm. Absolutely. Um, right. Well, moving on then, and Doyle, I'll go to you on this one first. I do need to read this out from my notes this bit because um, you've read everything. Uh, from exactly, yeah. You haven't just, taken your just, eyes off. Just your minorly notes, consulted. Little, what, what kind of medicinal? This no, 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 no. This, this is just straight up. Yeah, no, no. Carl Paul will be swigged in the production of this. This next thirty seconds. Um, now, the reward for this, um, obviously, no one would have wanted the replay. Mm. No Liverpool fan would have wanted to lose a derby to Everton, of course. But Liverpool now face the prospect of what I think will be four games in ten days. Yeah. Um, so you have got Wolves away Thursday, the twenty third. The yep. FA Cup game must be the Sunday, twenty sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, West Ham away on the Wednesday, and mm. then Southampton at home in the league again on the Saturday, the first of Feb. Mm. Klopp's spoken about this at length, this, this, the issue of fixture scheduling. And I think he said the other day that the, the festive season isn't over because the games have just carried on coming thick and fast. But once again, there's, there's more piling up in January. Yes, but hopefully they'll have a few players back. Oxlade Chamberlain's obviously back. And by the end of those, you'd just imagine Fabinho could be back, Lovren could be back. Massive, not entirely convinced about. Who else is injured? Shakiri could be back. Yeah. Shakiri yeah. could yeah. be back. Uh, and they'll have Minamino up to speed. And. Obviously, the bit, all the players, the senior players who weren't playing uh, yesterday, have all been rested, so they'll be okay for the next game. That's Tottenham, isn't it? They got Tottenham mm-hmm. and United before that. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with any of that. It would have been interesting had it been one all with about a minute to go, where the Klopp would have just ran on the pitch and just belted one into his own goals, <laughs> or just like subbed Adrian for nobody just to make sure there was no no replay. You but uh, you can take players can off you, if you want. Can you just withdraw a player? I think so. Yeah, I think no. I think if it's only if you go over a certain the number, isn't it? You've got to have at least seven players on the pitch. Oh. If you have less than that, then you might get into trouble by deliberately. But they were injured. You could off. just take him off. Yeah, I think so. Could be a tactical yeah. switch. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> what was the question? Easy <laughs> run. <laughs> End of January. Yeah. Are you concerned? No, not really, because they will have more players back. Some of these youngsters have proven themselves. Like the FA Cup game against, as I say, Wolves or Man United away, because it will be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they'll play. More or less, not probably around about the same team. Maybe you won't have Nat Phillips there. You probably go back to Germany. You'll have one of the centre backs back. So the team will probably be even stronger than it is there. I mean, Brewster, we assume, isn't going to be involved because it looks like he's going to Swansea on loan. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't have any worries as long as like there aren't another three injuries in that time. But then that's what happens. That's why they have these squads. And you know, Liverpool have had been you know hampered by injuries more than most, as much as. Some of the critics would have you believe that they haven't had anybody mm. injured. Mm. It's very true. Um, Joe, I mean, whatever you look at it, January feels like it's going to be pivotal. Like, all those games, and like, like Doyle said, you've got Spurs away, you've got United at home in the league as well. Do you feel like the next few weeks will define the potential ambitions for Liverpool this season? Uh, no, no, not particularly. I think, I think uh, well, I, only because I, I think Liverpool will be so comfortable where, where they're at. You know, they're 13 points clear, they've got a game in hand. Um, and Tottenham United coming up, but I've no doubt that they'll know how to manage those two games. I think if you if you look past those two games, you know I think they'll be fine. I, I, I think the hard yards were done 
in December, which was yeah. a chaotic month and was always going to be tough. And they they lost one game, and it was one that they practically threw, didn't they? Because they didn't have anyone else. So, uh, yeah, I don't think January it could have been more pivotal. But I think mm. they've been so good and so consistent that now it it just it just feels like another month. And if, if Liverpool can treat every month now just get through them, manage each game, which I'm no doubt they can, um, they'll, they'll win this league. Mm. And after that Southampton game, Matt, there will be the winter break. So even though the fixtures are coming thick and fast, there, there's, there's a bit of an end in sight for the Reds. There is. A, I do think January is the, the sort of hardest month, certainly on paper. Obviously, it depends on, on other things like suspensions and injuries and stuff like that. But yeah, I think if, if Liverpool can get to the end of January, still with a 13-ish point lead at the top, I think they'll be absolutely fine. I think they're never going to admit it publicly, but I think they're more than happy with, with where they're at. The progression is is well above what any of us thought might be the case at this stage of the season. So whatever happens really in this month, I think Liverpool are, well, they are, aren't they? They're ahead of, of where any of us mm. thought they would be. So absolutely no complaints, no worries really. Mm. Absolutely. Well, just to see us out then, Doily, um, I feel like Gorsty. No, 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 absolutely not. We're not yet anyway. We've got Paul Gorsty giving us his rendition. Some might say. Some might say. Well, Paul Gorsty is going to be mentioned because I feel like he he broke the dam the other day in the sense that in his verdict he mentioned the I word, which was Invincibles. What I want to put to you is what do you think should be the extent of Liverpool's ambitions from here on this season? Do you think words such as Invincibles, you know, the the prospect of going unbeaten, a double, a treble? What, what do you think they'll be, have their eyes on at this stage? Well, they're going to get beat, so the invincibles is out. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost one of the next two games. Mm. And that's just not being, being defeatist or being me. I just think, you look at the fixture list, Everton, Tottenham, Man United, three in a row. Tottenham away from home at a stadium they've never played. The whole Mourinho effect. I know Tottenham aren't very good and they haven't got Harry Kane, but you know, Man United aren't very good and they got a point against Liverpool. And you know United will be up for it against Anfield and they've got a good... I know Liverpool won, the, won that fixture last year. Mm. They've got a good record at Anfield, so they'll be two tricky games. And then once you get past that, you've got Wolves away. Uh, he'll be up for, for it after what happened... What was it? Uh, the other week, wasn't yeah. it? It wasn't yeah. very long ago, yeah, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then you've got David Moyes lying in wait for West Ham, the, mm. the rejuvenated West Ham, which, of course, was a ground where Liverpool drew last year. So... Basically, I've just ruined the entire January. There, haven't I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, what was the question again? Okay, what, just well, oh yeah, what's the extent? Well, they're yeah. going to win the league, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think. And if they don't win the league from this position, they'll never be able to, ever be able to forgive themselves. The only the only team that can beat Liverpool now is themselves. Whether that's through getting injuries or just taking their eye off the ball for whatever reason, but you know, they've, they've played thirty five games now this season, I think mm-hmm. it is, and they've shown absolutely no signs of taking their eye off the ball there because. You know, the, the Community Shield went to penalties, they won the Super Cup, they won the Club World Cup, the top of the league by a million points, they're through to the FA Cup fourth round, through to the Champions League knockout stages. Couldn't have done much more, if we're being honest. Couldn't have done much more. And as, as Joe said, the, the League Cup game was one that they were more or less forced to throw, mm. which was just ridiculous. And I think not enough has been made of the fact they were forced into that position. I think Liverpool have just been quite happy to go with that, to be honest. Um, but if it had been another team I think they'd have made a big hoo-ha about it um, just win the league Champions League isn't going to be easy against Atletico Madrid mm. I think we all knew that anyway we, you can see that the, the priority as much as they don't say it, is the league they want to win that and anything else that comes after that is a bonus but if they do get through Atletico Madrid they could even more or less win the league by the time the quarter-finals mm. come well, around so that would give them 
a bit of an opportunity to then go a bit bigger in the Champions League, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's for that Champions League, those Champions League games, that's when players are rotated out for that. Mm. Joe, are you daring to dream a little bit more than Doyle? Or About Invincibles? I just don't think there's any point. I think with stuff like that, you know, I don't care if Liverpool lose five games between now and the end of the season as long mm. as their rivals lose more and they win the league. Yeah. That, that, there is one they target. They five games. Yeah, they they, they, yeah. There's one target and one target only and that is to finally get this monkey off their back and win the league. And once that's out of the way, then we can worry about being invincible and all that other nonsense. At, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, does it? Mm. Uh, uh, that Arsenal team drew... They drew pretty much half their games, didn't they? They weren't yeah. that good. Um, <laughs> but 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 in all seriousness, Liverpool should just worry about winning the league, and and you know everything else will come naturally if they're going to be invincible. They'll do it by worrying about winning the league, won't they? Because they will just be professional and approach every game the way they have done so far. So I don't think I don't think you you think halfway through the season can we be invincible? And that's just silly. You, you think that with three games to go if you've you've not lost before. So um, yeah, and do you know what they should have a they should have a good crack at the, the Champions League again. Why not? I don't think many sides will, will um, relish coming to Anfield. Uh, I think they'll they'll play like Champions of Europe. Well, they do play like Champions of Europe now, so uh, they'll believe in themselves. So they should have a good crack at that again. So that should be their ambitions and you know worry about the rest as and when it comes. If they're still in the FA Cup in the semi-finals, then go for it. But mm. otherwise, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Matt Addison, the voice of reason, final word to you. The yeah. voice of reason. <laughs> Second time to be called. Yeah. Are you worried about so it? Unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have, you have. No, to, to be fair, I completely agree. I think priority number one, of course, is the Premier League title. I think they're going to do that. I think probably get over 100 points as well. Um, That's I, a big shout. Yeah. I don't see any reason why not. I think On target? Yeah, exactly. More than on target. Um, I think probably in terms of the invincibility... It's not a, a huge thing, but of course it'd be nice to do it. I think potentially the the biggest hurdle with that would be if the league title is wrapped up with two or three left and they've got one eye on the, a Champions League semi-final or, or something like that. Maybe maybe they'll take their eye off the ball, but I think you know get the, the Premier League title wrapped up, go as far as they can in the FA Cup. I know it's not a, a huge priority, but you know if, if the team that played yesterday can beat Everton, then who's to say they can't beat another team um, and get through there? Champions League, Atletico Madrid's going to be difficult, but Liverpool are champions of Europe, so why not? Oh, on that positive note, we'll, we'll leave it there. I'll absolutely take that. Uh, yeah, Matt is right. They're European champions, they're world champions, and the kids are all right too. So everything you is in place. You have that written down. down. You have that If you can read my writing, all the best. <laughs> uh, yes, we will leave it there. We'll be back on Friday, of course, to look ahead to Spurs. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.